Yelich sends one to right center and deep. Get up! Get up! Get out of here and go! For Yelich! He has tied the game with a booming home run. He got it all. Tied up 4-4 on a big home run the pitch. Ryan Braun sends it to right center and deep. Get up! Joining me today is my cheesehead loving buddy Trevor. He's the host of the Packers Trilogy podcast. You can find him on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. He had something come up last minute here, so recording this a little bit later than I would have liked, but hey, that's all right. Getting to talk about a Brewers sweep of the Diamondbacks, so that is pretty neat. It was a long weekend for me. I got to catch a lot of the games in bits and pieces, which always seems to be when the Brewers do really well. So maybe that's the secret right there. But man, I traveled four and a half hours north this weekend for a wedding. And I would elaborate more for you, but A, I don't have enough time on this podcast to do that. And B, I think we're just going to leave it with the fact that it was a dry wedding. And that's about all you need to know for someone who traveled four and a half hours for a wedding and we were the closest family. So, uh, yeah, yikes. That has to be like unheard of in Wisconsin. I really could not believe it. But I am glad the Brewers were able to take advantage of this Diamondbacks team. There was a lot of talk going into this series that the Brewers were not winning against teams below 500. In fact, they were the worst in the MLB at it. But now, hey, we have swept the... We swept the Nationals before this, and now we swept the Diamondbacks in four games. So that's seven wins right there against below 500 teams. So certainly that is starting to shift and will start to balance out here. But as always, I will get into my game recaps. Game one was on Thursday night. That was a 7-4 to four win. That was on the day the Brewers were recognizing Lou Gehrig's day. And man, the Brewers hit a bunch of home runs, which is going to be a theme throughout the series. And it was four of them to be exact in this game on Thursday night, and they had just seven hits, so they made the most out of them. And maybe it was because like every Brewer changed their walk-up song, many got haircuts, Christian Yelich actually changed his bat color, but something just clicked in this game, and you could see it. JBJ got the party started in the third inning with a solo homer, Christian Yelich then added a three-run frozen rope homer over the right field wall as well to make it four to nothing. Brewers pitching failed to record a 1-2-3 inning all game as the Diamondbacks left 14 runners on base in this game. Burt Anderson was the initial starter, but was removed in the fifth inning after surrendering a two-run homer followed by a double, and he was actually ejected while leaving this game. So Kirk Hounsel came out and pulled him. Anderson started barking at the ump and got ejected after he was already removed. So that's not something you see every day. Brett Suter came in relief, allowed one more run to cross, as Avi Garcia nearly came up with an incredible running catch, but ended up missing it. And that's how 
Another earned run there got tagged to Brett Anderson. So with a 4-3 lead heading into the bottom of the fifth, Luis Urias hit a solo homer to make it 5-3. Later, Yelich and Garcia drew back-to-back walks, and Yelich ended up scoring as Nervias hit a grounder right at the first baseman, who stepped on the bag and then threw the ball into center field, which allowed Yelich to score easily. At 6-3 in the eighth, we put Devin Williams in, who really struggled in this Thursday evening outing. He allowed a leadoff walk that, of course, came around to score and eventually two walks in the inning. Had a wild pitch, but eventually after 34 pitches, got out of the inning with just that one run allowed. And bomb the eighth, Avi Garcia hit a 464-foot bomb off the scoreboard to make it 7-4. And Josh Hader came in to slam the door in the ninth. He got the first two D-backs to strike out pretty easily, but then Paven Smith singled. He took second on a fielder's indifference. Hader balked to move him to third. And during all that, former Brewer Stephen Vogt gave him a nine-pitch battle that eventually ended in a strikeout on a beautiful slider for Hader to get his 13th save of the season. Game two was a 5-1 victory on Freddie Peralta's 25th birthday, and he threw a gem and got early run support. What more could you ask for on your birthday? Dan Vogelbach had a solo homer in the first. There's your early runs. JBJ had Arbia Grano in the second. And then Omar Narvaez hit a double in the third to score Avi Garcia, but ended up making it a Little League home run on two separate errors, one by the center fielder, that was a fielding error, and then a throwing error by Josh Rojas, who was attempting to throw Narvaez out, who was getting greedy, taking third there with the fielding error, but the throw wasn't even close, and Narvaez walked in to score after that. Freddy Peralta, insane on this day. Took a no-hitter into the eighth inning. He, of course, did get some defensive help for in the seventh lease. Urias likely had the play of the year as he came up to record an F4 on a soft blooper hit right up the middle that he had to run to his right and make a circus grab right behind second base. I could not believe that he came up with that. The range on that play and the tumble is a hold on to the ball. We're going to look back at the season's highlights, and that's going to be one of the catches you see. Absolutely incredible. And to preserve the no-hitter in the seventh, that was freaking awesome. Peralta did give up a hit in the eighth. Boxberger came in, get the next two batters, uh, and then Trevor Richards pitched a clean ninth. And this one, game three, was a 7-5 victory. The offense just kept hitting home runs. Three home runs from Brewers batters in this game, including back-to-back homers from Yelich and Narvaez in the eighth inning, which ends up being the two-run difference there. Yelich and Narvaez, like I said, gave him that cushion, but before that, the D-backs had a two-run lead heading into the fourth inning. Those two runs both belong to Brandon Woodruff, who pitched five innings in this game. The remaining three runs got tagged to Suter in this one, who in the seventh surrendered two separate home runs himself. And then after we regained the lead off that Yelch and Arvaez back-to-back jacks, like I mentioned, Josh Hader slammed the door for his 14th save of the season in this one. Wasn't able to watch a lot of this one because um, I was busy, like I said, at that that dry wedding. (laughs) Anyway, bad memories there. Let's go to game four. We are on Sunday now, a 2-0 victory. And other than two separate solo homers, I told you it was going to be a theme, this time in the fifth and sixth innings, Daniel Robertson and Tyrone Taylor, the two that hit him, this game belonged to Corbin Burns. He was masterful. He went seven innings, set a new career high in strikeouts with 13. His pitch count ended at 106. So had he been a bit more efficient, maybe he could have challenged 
uh, a certain someone who leads the Brewers in strikeouts in a game. But not in this one. Still, seven innings strong was awesome. The bullpen was good. Devin Williams pitched a scoreless eighth inning. And Josh Hader told Kirk Council that he needed the day. So he was unavailable in this one. And Brad Boxberger came in, recorded his first three-out save since 2019. So with Sunday's finale, the Brewers' win streak is at four games again. They have won 10 out of their last 13 games, going back to the beginning of the Padres series. They're in first place in the National League Central. They handed the Diamondbacks their 17th straight road loss in a row. And you know what? Nonetheless, you take these wins when you can get them. So I'm very pleased with how this Diamondbacks series came out. I mean, we have the Reds and the Pirates after this. There are more opportunities here to take for the Brewers. I said, despite, you know, having a, you know, we're starting a 16 games and 16 days stretch here coming up. We got a lot of lesser competition and I want to see the Brewers. Now that we're in first, hell, let's build upon it. My goal is to be in first at the end of June, but we're already surpassed this on June 6th as I'm recording this. And you have to think a lot of it. Like how much of it, I guess, comes from Willie Adamas. We're twelve and three since acquiring him the last time we faced the Reds, and man, does this dude just bring so much energy. Uh, he's obviously steady defensively, but he hit a home run in this Dimeback series, a two-run shot, and he does. I'm calling it the flying gauntlet. Like there was like three or four Brewers who were like out of the dugout to greet him. And he like, they went down for like a, a low, really low five. And then they jump up and they bang their arms together, like gauntlet style, like everyone does in the dugout. But he did that for like the three or four Brewers right in a row, just all the way down, jumps as high as he can, all the way down, jumps as high as he can. It's really cool. I mean, he is just full of all sorts of shenanigans in the dugout. I mean, we've known this since the minute we acquired him that he was going to bring the energy, but man, it is really cool to see. He was 3 of 14 in this series with a walk, did have five strikeouts, but as I mentioned, that two-run homer he had was pretty key. So certainly his presence in the clubhouse, in the dugout on games, you have to think that this is correlated. The Brewers always seem to do really well when they're having fun, and Willie Adamas, despite literally being a stranger to this group, has come in and essentially turned the morale around, right? It, It helps when you're winning, but man, he is going to help carry this momentum, I think, here throughout the remainder of the season, and... You know, it especially helps when we're hitting home runs. We out-homered the Diamondbacks in this series 11-4. to I think they said this is now like the fifth game in a row where the Brewers have hit multi-homers in a, in a game. That's pretty damn impressive, if you ask me. Is it related to the weather being like a scorching, it felt like 100 degrees this weekend? I don't really think that's all that because the Diamondbacks only had four. Josh Rojas had two of them himself. So, you know, it's equal playing fields in terms of the air temperature here. Maybe it's helping a little bit. Obviously, the ball carries a lot better the warmer it gets. And it wasn't necessarily like it was ultra humid at all this weekend. It was just it was just hot. Even where I was in northern Wisconsin, it touched 100 degrees, which is just insane. Uh, but yeah, we like to see the balls flying out of the park. I mean, you take a look at guys with home runs in this series. Urias had one. Vogelbach had one. Gelich had two. Garcia had one. 
JBJ had one, Daniel Robertson had one, and Tyrone Taylor had one. In fact, Tyrone Taylor, I told you last podcast I was excited to see him, but I just literally published a piece on Tyrone Taylor like, what on earth is his ceiling? Like, we have to start to wonder. He was called up on June 1st here, and he's played four games and he's hit three home runs. Between the majors and the minor leagues, he has nine home runs this year on 102 at-bats. And think about it, minor league baseball started late. So he's only played four minor league baseball games, has three homers, two doubles, and eight RBIs in four minor league games this year. So his home run total would be a ton higher had there actually been minor league baseball all of April. So think about that. That's weird in itself because we know we reported to camp in the best shape of his life. He put on a ton of muscle, and we're seeing the benefits from it right now. I really wish there would have been minor league baseball all of April because I think this is like total deja vu to Keston Hira. Think about how many home runs he mashed in between the minors and the majors in 2000, what was it, 19? It, it almost would have been the same situation here with Tyrone Taylor. Obviously, they're two completely different players. Keston Hero was regarded as the highest-ranked prospect. <laughs> he was known to be a hitter. Tyrone Taylor is like a minor league veteran. He's like done eight seasons in the minor leagues, like almost 800 games. Was never really a power threat. Now, all of a sudden, coming out of nowhere this year, Obviously, you think that has to do with his offseason programming and all the work he put in. But man, what is his ceiling? Is he right now like, yeah, he's showing he's going to be like he could be a starter. I think that he's outplayed Jackie Bradley Jr. It seems like in his very limited playing time this year because he's had a few stints for the Brewers this year. He's up to six home runs at the major league level uh, in case you didn't do that math earlier. Lorenzo Cain's been sidelined twice now on the I.L., So it really puts the Brewers in a tricky situation because JBJ, Lorenzo Cain, those guys have massive contracts with the Brewers. So you want to to play your guys with the big contracts, but you want them to be productive. And offensively, neither one of those guys have really been productive offensively. Defensively, yeah, they've been absolutely game changers out there. And I think Tyrone Taylor has that potential as well. Um, but really, it's just going to come down to playing time. Like We need to see an extended period of Tyrone Taylor getting major league at-bats. And I think now's a really good time to do that because Lorenzo Cain's sideline. Yeah, JBJ's shown some signs of life. Man, this Diamondback series, two of nine, but both of those hits came on Thursday night. Did draw, draw two walks, um, had a homer and two RBIs. I'm not all too convinced that JBJ's back, even though his career trends show in June he starts to heat up and July is even better. His first two months of the the year are historically bad for him. So you have to think he's going to turn around, but I, I really just want to ride Tyrone Taylor's bat right now and see where it takes us. Like, is it going to be another Billy McKinney situation where, yeah, he helps us out for a couple weeks and then... Yeah, not so good. And then you, can, then you can send him back down to the minor leagues. He's got options. That's great. Billy McKinney didn't have options. That's why he got DFA'd. And I think he's a Met now. And I want to say this weekend I saw something he had. He did something crazy with the Mets. I, I don't even want to speculate what it was. But I, I just shook my head and said, of course. So I'll try and look that up as I'm recording here. Uh, but Tyrone Taylor is the dude right now. And I'm excited to see where he goes. Other news from this weekend, Colton Wong went back to the IL. That's oblique in the same side that gave him grief earlier in the year, started acting up. 
I, I guess I didn't really hear if it was something that they caught early again. Like, can it be the minimum, the 10-day IL list, come back like you did last time? Or is this going to require more time? We'll have to wait and see. Is I mean, right now, this allows Urias to keep playing, which I think is a really good thing. And it's going to give Travis Shaw another another opportunity here as long as Wong's on the IL. Like, I, I t- wrote a piece, said, like, is it time for Travis Shaw to go? And I said yes. And then, of course, Wong goes on the IL right after that, which means he's not going to be gone for at least the next 10 days. But Travis Shaw is not looking good. That experiment looks like it should be done. He, Travis Shaw was 1 of 12 this series. That, yeah, that's just dreadful. And I don't, don't even get me started on his season stats. They are just as dreadful as well. So I guess as long as I'm on the, the bad note, Travis Shaw was my dud for the season series or the series here, in case you didn't figure that out. Honorable mentions for duds in this series. Keston Hero is one of six with three strikeouts. Did not get a lot of playing time. Worth noting. And his one hit was a double. That was on Sunday. It was a near-miss home run. I I think (laughs) it it was damn close. Um, So good to see at least a positive there. But three strikeouts on Sunday. He was one of four and 0 for 2 in pinch hit opportunities throughout the other three games. So not good stuff there. Brett Suter, I think, as an honorable mention, had one blow-up. Uh, outing here throughout the Dimeback series, 2.2 innings pitch, gave up five hits, two walks, four strikeouts, three earned runs, and then of course gave up two separate home runs in that outing on Saturday that allowed the Dimebacks to tie the game back up. MVP-wise, I have to go with Corbin Burns. That I thought last outing he was really locked in. This tops it when you're setting a career high in strikeouts at 13 which yes that's the last time the last time a brewer pitcher had 13 strikeouts was freddie peralta in his uh career debut back on mother's day but corbin burns now did it one hit allowed no walks it was just a very fun performance to watch and pitching in general, Freddie Peralta, like we mentioned, took a no-hitter into the eighth inning. He went seven and a third in his start. Did have three walks, but one hit, nine strikeouts. Brandon Woodruff, even in an outing where he only went five innings, he struck out nine batters. This trio is just absolutely incredible. And in fact, you're just going to laugh at their season stats so far. Brandon Woodruff, one four two ERA. 92 strikeouts and 76 innings pitched. Corbin Burns, 197 ERA, 94 strikeouts in 59 innings pitched. Freddie Peralta, 225 ERA, 92 strikeouts in 64 innings pitched. This three-headed monster, like you don't want to see them in a regular season series. You definitely don't want to see them in a postseason series. This this is absolutely incredible. And I, I was talking with my cousin this weekend. He said, man, the, those three guys, they, they're going to win you a playoff series. So, like, why not go out and get another bat? Like, that's what we need. So that that's historically what the Brewers do. And I'm excited to see who we actually try and go for here this trade deadline season. We mentioned, like, a Weto Escobar on the preview here. But there are lots of other guys that, especially over the next month, we're going to start getting a lot more into once we get a better idea of you know what other kind of 50-50 teams right now are sellers. So yeah, we have the Reds coming up next. 
They are actually below 500, but they are coming off of a sweep of the Cardinals. So that's what helped propel us into first place here. Jesse Winker, in case you're wondering, hit two home runs on Sunday and had three home runs in the Cardinals series. So he's the guy who had like, what, five home runs the last time we played them. He's got 14 on the year. Hopefully he wasted them all against the Cardinals because if he like single-handedly destroys us again, I am not going to be a happy camper. In fact, if he hits one, give him the Barry Bonds treatment. Like, <laughs> I don't care. I do not want to get beat by Jesse Winker again. So that series is starting on Tuesday, and that is a stretch, the start of 16 games in 16 days. And then we have a weekend series against the Pirates coming up after that. So I will be back to recap the Red Series. That will be on Thursday. Game three starts at like 11.10 or something central time. So that's really rather annoying. Uh, but that podcast, yeah, maybe I'll release it Thursday night, get home when I'll record it when I get home from work. If not, it'll be coming out on Friday morning like always. But make sure you're looking out for that. Check out my pieces at Reviewing the Brew. In case you didn't know, I always tag my articles in the podcast description, so you can just click right there to them. I also write for Wisconsin Sports Heroics. Lots of good stuff going on at both sites. We are here for you to cover the Milwaukee Brewers. And... I will be back next time. That'll be Thursday or Friday morning. And talk to you later, Brew fans.